Worldwide, cardiovascular disease affects the lives of hundreds of millions. Dedicated cardio nerds everywhere are working hard to fight this global epidemic. These are their stories. Hello, cardio nerds. You've heard all about our new cardio nerds case report series in our episode with Jack, case reports editor in chief, Dr. Julia Grapsa. This was followed by our inaugural case report where we learned about COVID myocarditis and followed that up with an incredible eCPR segment, aka Expert Cardio Nerd Perspectives and Review with Dr. Nur Uriel. If you are anything like us, you've also fallen in love with this engaging case-based format. Now, we introduce a very special Cardio Nerds Case Report Recruitment Edition Series in collaboration with the ACC Fellows and Training Section. We have reached out to every cardiology fellowship program director in the country and offered every program an opportunity to join us for their very own episode to showcase their educational training using a fascinating case. This is our answer to the COVID era virtual recruitment. Today, we are joined by Dr. Noshin Riza, chair of the ACC Fit section, to introduce the CardioNerds Case Report Recruitment Edition Series. Folks, You'll want to tune into these episodes as we tour the country's programs learning about cardiology from truly incredible people, educators, and patients. Love that, Dan. We are so excited for this. This is one of our biggest and most exciting projects. The growth of the CardioNerd since we launched on December 23rd, 2019 has been just incredible. We are excited to continue growing the platform by establishing... The CardioNerds Academy where we offer a mentored experience to future CardioNerds fellows in this amazing space of multimedia education. And we are absolutely honored to have tremendous leadership for the upcoming Academy. Our CardioNerds Fellowship Program Director is Dr. Justin Burke. Justin is an Assistant Professor of Medicine and Pediatrics at Brown University's Alpert School of Medicine, a famous Curbsiders producer, a Cripsiders founder, and just a terrific friend, educator, and mentor to many. Justin was awarded the 2020 to 2022 Jeremiah A. Barrandez Fellowship in Clinical Transaction Grant awarded by the New York Academy of Medicine and the ACGME. He will be using the funds and support to develop and test podcasting as an innovative medium for knowledge dissemination. We couldn't have asked for a better program director for the Academy. Justin, I've known you as a resident when you were a part of the Thayer Firm family, and it gives me such pleasure to welcome you to the Cardiners family. I can't think of anyone better equipped to lead the Academy. Would you please tell us what we have in store for the future CardioNerds fellows? Oh, thanks, Simon. I am so excited to help launch this project. The CardioNerds Academy is designed to produce and disseminate high-quality medical education content using innovative teaching modalities. And in this case, it's podcasts. Our goal is to teach our CardioNerds fellows the ropes of med-ed podcasting through a comprehensive curriculum with really dedicated mentorship. We'll develop skills to conduct masterful interviews, convert core content to memorable teaching pearls, and understand how new teaching methods can align with adult learning theory. A major pillar of the Academy is to support each CardioNerd fellow's interests and academic scholarship by guiding them through an individualized longitudinal project culminating in a capstone project. This could be an abstract, a poster, a publication, or an even bigger idea with tangible outcomes that will outlast any fellowship. We will empower you for cardio nerd greatness. Through the Academy, cardio nerds fellows will acquire the technical skills necessary to produce high quality med ed podcasts that are accessible to all. We'll teach fellows how to produce cardio nerd shows, edit audio, write show notes, create infographics, craft tutorials, and do much more. 
will mentor CardioNerds fellows throughout the year and connect them with leaders in their areas of interest. We can't wait to see what they'll bring to the table with their creativity and ideas through their own longitudinal projects, and we know that CardioNerds will be shaped for the better. That's right, Justin. Wow, these are some lucky CardioNerd Academy fellows. We have learned so much as founders of the CardioNerds podcast, and we are just so excited to be able to share that with our CardioNerd fellows. Joining the Academy leadership as Associate Program Director is none other than CardioNerds co-host, Dr. Heather Kagan. Heather, of course, requires no introduction. She was a second-year Osler resident when she became a member of our team. She is now leading the clinic teams as a senior resident and is looking forward to a career as an academic hospitalist with a special interest in medical education. Heather, we are just so thankful for you and Justin to be leading the Academy. Would you please tell our listeners who we're looking as prospective fellows and how they can apply? Would love to, Dan. We're looking for several CardioNerds fellows to join our team annually, starting with the 2021 calendar year, January to December. Our CardioNerds fellowship will be adjunctive, wildly prestigious, and wildly unpaid, intended to complement your current role and career trajectory. So don't ditch your real job. We are looking for highly motivated and creative folks who are ready to commit to our curriculum. Our ideal class will be composed of diverse PGY 2 to 5 physicians in training from across the U.S. with a passion for cardiology and medical education. Exceptions to these qualifications will be made for those in certain circumstances. For example, a hospitalist who is planning to apply to a cardiology fellowship or a fourth-year med student who is taking a gap year before applying to residency, etc. I can't emphasize how much diversity means to us in background, experience, creative interests, etc., as CardioNerds, we are constantly learning, and we understand that a diverse team adds meaningful insights and depth to the conversation. If the Academy doesn't seem like a great fit for you this year, but might be in the future, don't be discouraged. We can't wait to continue to run the Academy every year. You can learn more on our website, www.cardionerds.com, and find a link to the application in this episode's description. You'll find the application on our website as well, which is due October 15th. We'll select CardioNerds Fellows by December 1st, and the Academy will officially kick off on January 1st, 2020. Amazing. Thanks, Heather. And friends, this is such a pivotal point for the CardioNerds platform. This whole journey has been such an adventure for all of us, and we are just so excited to share what we've learned with our future CardioNerds Fellows. With the Academy, we all win because this will allow us to really elevate our educational content as an entire platform. And we are just so excited to be launching this with Justin and Heather. Speaking of elevating the content, let's get to introducing the brand new project, the CardioNerds Case Report Recruitment Edition Series with Dr. Nosheen Riza. I have the greatest pleasure of introducing Dr. Nosheen Riza, Advanced Heart Failure and Transplant Cardiology Faculty at the University of Pennsylvania. Dr. Riza completed her undergraduate studies and medical school at the University of Virginia. And word on the street is that she is a diehard UVA sports fan. She went on to internal medicine residency at Massachusetts General Hospital in Boston. Before diving into general and advanced heart failure fellowships, she completed a fellowship year in quality improvement and patient safety, all at the University of Pennsylvania. As part of her fellowship training, she was Penn's first postdoc fellow in a new National Institutes of Health and National Human Genome Research Institute T32 program in genomic medicine. Beyond that, she has played a hugely prominent role with the American College of Cardiology on both a state and national level. 
Dr. Riza, you are such an accomplished clinician, a dedicated researcher, a quality improvement expert, and leader at within the ACC and beyond, as well as a social media aficionado. And I have so many friends at Penn who just sing your praises all day long whenever we talk about our collaboration. We're just so excited to speak with you and learn from you. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the family. Thank you so much. I am so thrilled to join both of you today. I actually remember when Dan reached out to me back in December as part of the initial Cardio Nerds focus groups. I was so honored to be chosen to be direct messaged on Twitter by Dan, I have to tell you. And I have been so impressed with all of your and the Cardio Nerd success this year. So it's a huge honor and pleasure for me to be here today. Oh my gosh, Dr. Riza, that means so much coming from you. And really for us, it is such an honor to have you on the show. Your energy and enthusiasm were the catalysts for one of our newest and most exciting projects. You might recall that you Twitter messaged Dan and I, and really a shout out to social media and Twitter for networking and so much more. But you messaged us on a Thursday afternoon, June 25th at 12.33 p.m. And with a COVID era virtual recruitment cycle just around the corner, you'd reached out to us to discuss ways to maybe use social media as a way for residents to get to know cardiology fellowship programs. And we were already at the time in the midst of planning a whole new case-based episode series called the Cardio Nerds Case Reports, which we actually just introduced on a prior episode with Dr. Julia Grapsa, the editor-in-chief of Jack Case Reports. Your message immediately turned on our Cardio Nerd light bulbs. We asked if you'd want to meet about a spur-of-the-moment idea, and you'd responded, and I'll add, within one minute, and I quote, I will talk to you both anytime, always. I totally remember that. Amit and I were having a side conversation about how obvious you were as initiative, passionate, and excited as we were about the project. And so we just knew we had to collaborate right then and there. I too was very gratefully surprised that you two were both randomly available on a Thursday afternoon on such short notice to talk to me about this idea that I had. But it's obviously a testament to your dedication to the many cardio nerds missions. People are going to think that cardiology fellows have nothing better to do. But the way we connected is obviously also a testament to your own dedication of the things that you're so passionate about. And just to get back to the story, you messaged us at 1233 and we were meeting for the first time via video conference no more than four hours later. And within the next half hour, our brainchild idea had a name and a purpose. We would offer every interested fellowship an opportunity to showcase cardiovascular education at their training program using the CardioNerds case reports format as a way of introducing themselves to the applicants of the upcoming virtual recruitment cycle. In the format, one fellow from their program would present an interesting case. Additional fellow ambassadors will join the discussion to teach. While discussing the case, they will also discuss what they love about their program. In essence, what makes their heart flutter about their program, emphasizing the educational opportunities. This engaging case discussion will be followed by an eCPR segment or the expert cardiac perspectives and review to add an additional nuanced teaching by a content expert along with a message to applicants. Now, a little more than just a month later, we have nearly 40 confirmed programs from every corner and the heart of the United States. It's been such a privilege to connect with brilliant colleagues offering incredible cases spanning the breadth of cardiology. This series is all about showcasing cardiovascular education across the country, promoting diversity and inclusion, introducing applicants to programs, and really creating a community as we all share our love for cardiology with one another. 
We are totally indebted to you, Dr. Riza, for your partnership in what has become our greatest and proudest undertaking as a young podcast. We also are so grateful to Dr. Gabby Weissman, chair of the ACC program directors and GME section, for extending our invitation to every cardiology fellowship program in the country. Being absolutely inclusive is a major part of this initiative. We are very grateful for all the programs and fellows who have reached out for their hard work, excitement, and for teaching us in upcoming episodes. And a huge thank you to our residency program director, Dr. Sanjay Desai, for his mentorship, guidance, and support. It's his voice that begins every Cardio Nerds episode in our worldwide cardiovascular disease. Is, yeah, you get that. <laughs> okay. And finally, we thank the CNCR team who will make this dream possible. Dr. Karan Desai, Ibn Verghese, Colin Blumenthal, Eunice Dugan, Evelyn Song, Rick Ferraro, and Tommy Das. We feel incredibly privileged to be producing this in collaboration with the ACC Fellows and Training Section, hashtag FIT, not only because this collaboration helps extend our invitation to every possible program, but also because it just highlights and recognizes the growing value of podcasts and innovations in the medical education space. I completely agree. And I want to thank you both for your willingness to share this amazing platform with the ACC Fellows and Training section for this initiative. When you think about the diffusion of innovations theory and apply it to social media and education, I think you guys and the Cardio Nerds team would certainly be categorized as innovators. And I like to think of myself as an early adopter. As we've seen over the last few years, the online space of social media and podcasting has exploded in both volume and ingenuity. And when faced with the many challenges to graduate medical education and cardiovascular medicine that this year and the COVID-19 pandemic has wrought, I think that leveraging technology to help bring us together to learn cardiology and create community is so important right now. Dr. Riza, as chair of the ACC Fifth Section, we would love your perspectives on the upcoming virtual recruitment cycle. In your position, you have been intimately involved with discussions among program directors and within the ACC as we all anticipate the challenges and innovations that virtual interviews will bring. Yes, this is certainly a hot topic as we inch closer to the date that programs can download applications from ERS in August. So over the last six months, the COVID-19 pandemic has transformed cardiovascular medical education in numerous ways, I think we can all agree. So in the early stages of the pandemic, fellowship training programs were challenged with redesigning educational curricula to accommodate remote learning, balancing trainee well-being and safety, trying to maintain in-person clinical care opportunities, redeploying fellows to non-cardiology services, rapidly uptaking telemedicine, and of course, protecting the emotional and psychological health of trainees. Now, I think we have to lean into this new challenge and opportunity posed by virtual fellowship recruitment this year. So while there are AAMC recommendations for conducting medical school and residency interviews virtually, there's not yet any specific cardiology fellowship program guidance available. And few cardiology programs have prior experience with virtual interviewing in this format. Cardiology fellowship applicants, who are largely current internal medicine residents, have also obviously been significantly affected by the COVID-19 pandemic, and many of these consequences directly impact their fellowship candidacies. Fellowship program leaders and faculty interviewers will also face related challenges in navigating this virtual recruitment season, so I think it's definitely an important topic of conversation. So for my discussions with recruitment stakeholders, ranging from program directors to faculty to fellows to future fellows, I think the big themes that have emerged are that, number one, everyone is nervous. 
Number two, almost everyone is doing this for the first time. But number three, and I think most importantly, everyone is also very excited. Virtual recruitment is bringing a whole host of new opportunities to modernize how we communicate with our future generations of trainees, to give us a chance to incorporate new fellows and more faculty into the interviewing and selection process with the flexibility that virtual interviews can provide. And we really have the chance now to think about intentional strategies to eliminate conscious and unconscious bias in the selection process. We are working with the ACC Fellows and Training section to create programming to ease the transition for future cardiology fellows, so stay tuned for those announcements. But overall, I have to say that I'm really excited to see how this season will unfold. You know, there's certainly some challenges ahead, but really exciting ways of dealing with them. And Dr. Riza, your insights into this process and the advice that you share uh, really just highlight how successful you've been with getting involved with the American College of Cardiology as a fellow. You know, so I want to take this opportunity to learn from you about how other fellows can get involved with the college. You've had really a remarkably successful, productive, and truly inspirational involvement with the college spanning both the state and the national levels, rising to leadership positions, including the FIT advisor and editorial consultant for Jack Case Reports, member of the ACC Scientific Session Program Committees, and chair of the ACC FIT section. We would love to hear how you got involved, how others can get involved, and the opportunities offered by the ACC Fellows in Training section in general. This is one of my favorite topics to talk about, so I don't know how many minutes we have scheduled for the podcast, so I can go on and on. I will trust you guys to stop me. So my involvement in the ACC actually started when I was a general fellow in my second year. I received an email from the Pennsylvania ACC state chapter, and it noted that they were interested in holding women in cardiology events across the state. And this had been an interest of mine since I was in residency working with the recruitment folks at MGH and kept this interest in fellowship. And finally, after the first year of fellowship and merging into the second year of fellowship, finally having a minute to think about what my interest would be, I thought, well, this really sounds like an awesome opportunity to get involved with something I'm passionate about, promoting the recruitment and retention and engagement of women in cardiology as a fellow on the state level with the ACC. So knocked on a few doors, sent a few emails to the state governor a couple of times, to different task force members, and over the next year and a half, worked together with the ACC Pennsylvania State Task Force representatives from both the east side and the west side to create what was initially the first keystone event for me was our Pennsylvania Women in Cardiology mixer that we had at ACC 2018 in Orlando. So at that event, which was actually at the major ACC session, we had over 20 women, both fellows and faculty from all across Pennsylvania, come walk, I must have been almost a mile across the convention hall, to find this little room where they just wanted to meet and engage with other women cardiologists from across Pennsylvania. And I really saw the power and the need for that kind of environment. And so I took that energy from organizing that event and then started to run with it. So I thought, now after organizing something, I want to write about it in case any other state chapters would like to take something like this on. So I wrote about my experience organizing that event for the ACC Women in Cardiology section. And once I wrote about that, I got invited to write about something else. It was a book review, and then it was another Pennsylvania Women in Cardiology event that we had held on our side of the state about contract negotiation as a woman cardiologist. And so I started layering these opportunities and thinking about other ways to promote this interest of mine within the ACC, within different sections, and create that cross-sectional bond. 
And then by doing that work, I became interested in intersecting my work with WIC with the fellows in training section. And I applied and was selected to be an editorial fellow for my next year of fellowship. And so that year as an editorial fellow for the FIT section, I wrote a couple of pieces that were featured on the FIT website about being a woman cardiologist and a woman trainee. And simultaneously, I had started the Penn Women in Cardiology, so the Women in Cardiology group at my own institution. And so combining all of these efforts, really chasing this interest of mine in, I think, the way that the ACC sort of approaches it as well is data gathering, benchmarking, doing the research, doing the needs assessment, advertising, creating events, um, and not just for the sake of creating events, but really goal-directed, mission-driven events that really got at what we saw as our needs as a community. And so from there, after the year of being an editorial fellow, I thought what the next step was to apply to be on the FIT council. And I was lucky enough to be selected last year to join the FIT council and then serve this year as chair. And then I think broadly speaking, involvement with any professional society, I think if you're mission driven and you have a good idea and you really believe in it and can execute on it, you'll get recognized. People like people who do good work. And so if you do good work and you are, if you believe in what you're doing, you'll get noticed and you'll get asked to do more and more things. So as we always joke, the reward for good work is just more good work. But if you like doing the work, then it doesn't feel like work. Dr. Riza, that is an incredible story. And I have been following you for so long. In 2018, you had reached out for when we had, I actually was looking at our first uh, message on Twitter and it says this, hi Dan, I hope you're doing well. I'm one of the fellows helping plan the FIT programming at hashtag AHA18. We're hoping to enlist some help advertising the FIT early career lounge events on Twitter. Prior to this, actually, I had not been on Twitter and I had gone to ACC the, uh, the year before and really it was nice to be there and see everyone, but I really hadn't been involved as much because I really hadn't started building out a network of people that I knew in the cardiology world. And this was the first time, HA18, that like I had been already in the Twitter space and met a lot of people like yourself and just incredibly motivating to network and reach out. So hearing that linear progression of your journey through the societies and through different innovative spheres, is just really impressive and great to hear. Through your work with the Women in Cardiology Task Force, editorial work in the ACC WIC section and other initiatives that you really just talked about, you've played such a prominent role in promoting diversity and inclusion. And our team has thought a lot about diversity and inclusion. It has been a cornerstone of our mission. Fostering diversity has been something we have been talking about since the inception of CardioNerds, really beginning almost over a year ago. And it's been a chief goal for the CNCR recruitment series as well. We've been deliberately asking every program to strongly consider diversity in their selection of ambassadors for the show. Attracting women and underrepresented and minority doctors has been a challenge in our field, and we've been talking to a lot of thought leaders about that. We not only want to see that change, but we also hope to be part of that change. We are thankful for the stage that we've been given as an educational platform and hope to inspire students and residents into cardiology by exposing them to successful colleagues and mentors early on in their training. Dr. Riza, why do you think we've historically lagged in diversity as a field? And what is the ACC doing to promote diversity? And how can people get involved, network and find mentorship going forward so we can break this problem? Yeah, thank you for raising this discussion point. It's certainly, I think, an important conversation to have as many times as we can have it. So to answer your first question, and maybe to orient our listeners who may not be as familiar with the demographics within cardiology, So despite the fact that approximately half of medical school classes at this point are female, women constitute only 21% of general cardiology trainees. 
7.2% of interventional fellow trainees, and 6% of cardiac electrophysiology fellows. Women account for 13.2% of cardiologists in practice, and only 4% of interventional cardiologists in practice. So where are the women cardiologists, we're asking? The ACC Women in Cardiology section and the ACC Diversity and Inclusion Task Force, led by Dr. Pam Douglas, published a manuscript in JAMA Cardiology in August 2018 that I think really showed the field of cardiology our reflection in the mirror, so to speak. So in this manuscript and in this study, the researchers asked internal medicine residents about the factors that were most important to them in choosing a career, whether that was in cardiology or not. They also asked about their perceptions of the factors in the field of cardiology specifically and how these factors influence their career choices. So among the female trainee participants who answered the survey, the top professional development needs included a career that had stable hours, family friendliness, female friendliness, and positive role models. The top perceptions of cardiology were adverse job conditions, interference with family life, and a lack of diversity. So when you hear those two sentences back-to-back. It probably isn't hard for you to make conclusions about why cardiology has historically lagged in diversity in the field. And I think we can certainly break down many of these points even further. And of course, beyond the results of this survey, we can talk about specifically the challenges that women cardiologists in training and in practice face that are specifically gendered, like bias, wage gap disparities, difficulty with early family life and parenthood, due to conditions on the job and the environment. And I could go on for a long time about those. But I think the part of your second question that you've asked is, what is the ACC doing to promote diversity? So knowing what we know now, reading what we've been reading over the last five years, I think now we're at the point where it's really time for change. And I think change is happening. And the ACC, I think, is really leading in this effort. The college's vision is to harness the power of the diversity of its members across the spectrum of diversity to advance patient care, spur innovation, and improve health equity among individual patients and among populations. In addition to starting the Diversity and Inclusion Task Force, the ACC is also hired and employs a Chief Diversity and Inclusion Officer and Dr. Rana Parekh, I think uh, specifically something notable for a large professional society. The college is also committed to establishing accountability, really identifying and addressing barriers for underrepresented cardiologists, and that gets back to what I was talking about before, about collecting the data and really doing true benchmarking. The ACC also is engaging the deep pipelines with programs like, for example, the Young Scholars Program that brought young high school and college age folks to ACC scientific sessions to expose them to the world of cardiology. And that program is still continuing despite all of our conferences going virtual this year. The ACC is also committed to diversifying and developing leadership. And I think As you mentioned, you've already interviewed Dr. Julia Grapsa, who's now one of two women editor-in-chiefs of Jack Journals. And of course, this all goes into the ACC's mission to integrate diversity and inclusion across the college, across a spectrum of volunteer opportunities from councils to committees to work groups to writing opportunities. And I think if you look at where we are now compared to where we were five years ago, there's been real change. One of my most favorite parts about being involved in the ACC is how passionate the ACC leadership is about engaging with our generation of trainees and early career cardiologists. Obviously, I'm biased and this sounds like a commercial for the ACC, but I believe that our generation will drive a tremendous amount of change as we transition out of training. I think so many things are different now. 
for us for many reasons. And ACC leadership is very open to hearing from us. So my advice, as uh, you guys asked, was to get involved in the ACC and is to try early and to try often. I think there is so much work to be done. There are so many opportunities to contribute, whether they're through these working groups, through committees, through writing for the websites or for Cardiology Magazine or presenting your science at ACC scientific sessions. As I mentioned, my involvement started at the state chapter level in Pennsylvania with one specific idea that I was passionate about, promoting the careers of women in cardiology. And I continued to just build on that passion to network and find mentors. And I think one of the most important things that is integral to this effort is something you guys initially mentioned and we're trying to create with this Cardio Nerds Case Reports platform is to inspire hope in students and residents and others by exposing them to the wide field of cardiology, successful colleagues and mentors, and to show them that cardiology does look different now and you can be a cardiologist too. That's incredible. Thank you, Dr. Riza. And hopefully there will be a day when the spectrum of cardiologists and leaders within the field better represent the patients that we take care of. And it's great to hear all of the efforts that ACC and really everybody are putting forth to help make that a reality. I'm particularly excited about the deep pipeline type of initiatives that engage people as early as high school, because I think that there are hurdles and barriers at many levels and within different spheres. So the approach obviously needs to be on all of these different levels. Dr. Risa, we can't thank you enough for your time and support. We've enjoyed following you on Twitter. We've found your posts to always be interesting, informative, and relevant. And for our audience, definitely follow Dr. Riza at N-O-S-H-R-E-Z to learn more about the ACC and a lot of other great initiatives going on. But in learning about you as we plan for this episode, we just realized how incredibly accomplished you've been at such an early point in your career with success in every domain. Patient care, research, quality improvement, leadership, education, advocacy, social media, networking, and so much more. In working with you to produce the CNCR series, we've come to really appreciate your energy, passion, and just your can-do attitude. You've somehow balanced this with a life outside of work, with apartment gardening, and traveling around the country to support the UVA men's basketball team, as I read. How do you do it, and what advice do you have for incoming and junior fellows? You and Dan are much too kind. Thank you for your very kind words and for inviting me on the show, of course. I'm a typical 30-something millennial with my apartment gardening hobbies. I think many people can relate. I also recommend trying to plan on having a research year when your alma mater is the favorite to win a national sports championship. Fellowship is a truly wonderful time. Take it from me as I had my first full clinic as a full-fledged attending faculty member today. It can certainly be difficult at times, but I would encourage junior fellows to approach fellowship just like the way that you and Dan approach every Cardio Nerd show with wonder and enthusiasm and the approach that every day is an opportunity to learn something that will help you become a better cardiologist, colleague, leader, mentor, and more. And about professional society involvement specifically, I think one of the guiding principles that shapes the way I think and try to lead is talent is universal opportunity is not. So I told you a lot about my path so far, but what I haven't told you yet was that I was actually rejected from every ACC position for which I applied for nearly two and a half years. Certainly there were times where I became discouraged about my prospects, but I kept applying for opportunities because I believed in the mission of the organization and in my ability to provide value. So my advice is think about what you're passionate about Create a vision for how you want that to intersect with your training pathway, and then don't hesitate to get it done. 
I have the greatest pleasure of introducing Dr. Nasheen Reza. Is it Reza, by the way? Or Raza? Can we do Reza for the podcast? It's yeah. Okay. Blah. You know what? We learned from, so we recorded about hypertension yesterday, and we learned from Luke Laffin. He said he had a message for every cardiologist, and he said, listen, it's not renin, it's renin. He's a cardi- <laughs> nephrologist will make fun of you if you call it renin. So just please, if you don't remember anything, just remember that it's renin. <laughs> I found, so I, I used to say my name, tell people to say my name, like Charlie Sheen, but no Sheen. <laughs> <Not> <laughs> like everyone got it. Or I would say it's yes, Sheen, but the opposite of yes. And then, but now I have Risa like Renan. This is great. Oh, Risa like Renan. Yeah, but there's people that get confused. <laughs> <laughs> okay.